is going on, y'all? Welcome in. Brand new edition of the Hold That Podcast podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Your host, T-Bob Bear, uh, off the bench, is my radio show, 104.5 ESPN. And as always, I am joined by my intrepid co-host, the lover of all things Paradox Gaming, Mr. Brody Miller. What is up, my man? This is a... Uh... A somber, it's our first pod in like a few weeks, which is partially because yeah. the news we're about to tell you guys, but also partially because like it's July, you know, it's a weird time. But yeah, like I miss doing this and it's been so long that it's making me more sad. Like being back on is now making me more sad to tell you the news that we are about to tell you, which I'll let you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it is. I do think again, I think that is partially responsible for the gap in episodes, just kind of putting off the inevitable. So this will be the final episode of the hold that podcast podcast and say that with a heavy heart again. Um, I know for those of you that do listen, it's been a lot of fun uh, over the last couple of years, kind of just seeing the feedback and everything and doing this with Brody, obviously. Uh, so we'll get into all that, but, but it is the final episode. I'll go ahead and explain why real quick. Uh, it is, it's just business stuff. So I work for guarantee media, right? I do oh, yeah, radio damn, damn, I just realized we're not doing our bit. A month ago, we decided we were going to do a bit where we yeah. broke up on show and yeah. had a massive fight. I did think about that a lot, too. I just, again, I never have the balls of Andy Coffin. I never have the balls no, to go for have it. No, I don't either. you met me? No, I don't, uh, I don't at all. But, but man, yeah, we were going to like fight and then put like a five-minute silence and then come back and like explain. I don't know. Yeah, it was grandiose plant and everything. But no, so my company, Guarantee Media, um, they're just making a big push in kind of what we do digitally with podcasting and video and everything it's they're bringing everything in-house right and uh and then obviously brody works for the athletic and this is an athletic podcast and they've been the ones that produce it and you know distribute it everywhere and so obviously the athletic wants to brody writes the athletic and he's an excellent voice and author and they want his content to belong to the athletic so a bit like uh the montagues and the capulets here we sit uh, being torn in two different directions, Brody. So unfortunately, like there's no, well, I stand for it. I, I mean, okay, there's no drama. That's not what's for. There's no drama, nothing like that. Unfortunately, it's just freaking business reality that has ended up doing this. And, and it's almost kind of like funny to look back that it's been full two years since I think we first talked on the phone about doing this. And to think like it actually like makes sense that it's ending because when we started, it, I'm not even sure if I was athletic yet. I might have been like in the transition phase from time spick. I'm yeah, not no, sure. I think you had just. Uh, I think you, like announced it's happening or I, something. You like you'd that. maybe not even announced because I feel like I remember initial conversation with me. You telling me to like, can you keep it under wraps? But then again, I do. I I I don't know exactly how it went down. I just knew that I wanted to do a podcast and I wanted to do one with you. And I might have sent you a text about something like, hey, good yeah. luck at whatever's next. And I think you were like, well, I may be sticking around. And then I was like, oh, that's perfect. And then that's when. Uh, so, yeah, this might have been formed even before you were officially uh, publicly at The Athletic. And I say that because, and thank you, because it's like even when we were starting, like, you weren't even doing this through guarantee and I wasn't even doing this through any of the companies I worked for. It was literally us just doing this as like a side hobby. And it was never, I don't even know what our intentions ever were. It was just like, Hey, we're two kind of football nerds who just wanted to like have an outlet to maybe just get a little nerdier and like more in the weeds on some of this stuff than we can in our normal work. And that's all it was. And then like it got decently popular and then it got folded in the athletic, but like, if you think about it in some sad way, like the fact we even got two years out of it when like we're working for two very different companies that have two very different, like, you know, they're two big successful companies that have their own plans. Like this was always kind of like inevitable. We just kind of like pushed it off in a weird way. Does that feel accurate? Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. It was, I guess, yeah, it's a great point. It's, it's surprising that we were really able to do it uh, for this long without something like this popping up and, and to be clear like like Brody's saying like we only did this for fun like I, I now I I know None I look get anything out of this right? yeah I was gonna say like I, ho I hope the athletic you know whatever small advertising dollars you brought in that's great for them but like me and Brody didn't get paid for this we did this just because we liked it she was fun and really why I chose Brody was I wanted someone who tends to go a bit 
deeper in his thought process that has a unique perspective and then I thought could bring like some like intelligent talking really I guess that's the bottom line I just really expect your intelligence and your kind of depth of your takes and the critical thinking nature of them and I just wanted to talk about a thing that I talk about all the time with someone whose brain I uh respected so it's been it's been it's been a lot of fun in that regard and it's been awesome and you know now it sucks this is happening and I feel bad because like the older you get, you know, with kids and everything else, whatever, they always goes back to kids. You know, it's annoying. But, like, the older you get, it's just, like, I feel like less and less am I having any social interaction with anybody that's not something for work, right? Like, I yeah. literally made that D&D show uh, that we just released. Been doing it for two years. I'm Again, that's not – I'm not trying – I don't know if that's ever going to do anything. But, like, <laughs> I'm doing that because I wanted a work excuse to be like, oh, no, I have to go play D&D. And so – yeah, I'm 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 a little somber today. Uh, yeah, man. Because when you I've, sent me that text last night, like it like it hit me in a deeper way. I was like, oh fuck, god yeah. damn, that really got me. Here, it's like, yeah, it's true. Like, shoot, and I, I mean, don't know you how experience often, it. I mean, you and I are still. What's that? I'm saying you experience it. It's not even a kids thing. Like, yeah, I I'm said, only like, 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I still 100 percent experience this. Like, I don't talk to certain people that I used to work with as much. That were some of my best friends in the world, and I'll catch up with them like once a year or something. And don't yeah. get me wrong, we still both cover LSU. We're still gonna see each other and talk, and like, I'm sure I'll come on your show sometimes. But like, yeah, it's just not gonna be as as cool as it is now. And it's like one of my favorite relationships I have. I agree. I agree. And it's a bummer. Like uh, just before the show today, we were talking about uh, Final Fantasy and, and, and Stellaris and uh, what was it? Europe, Europa Universalis. Europa Universalis. I yeah. mean, how aggressive is Paradox Gaming's naming conventions? <laughs> Europa Universalis. Uh, yeah. So it's been a ton of fun getting to not just talk LSU with Brody for the last couple of years, but getting to know you as well. Um, can I also say like, there's also a little bit of like sad, aside from the sadness we just mentioned, sadness in terms of like, this is a product that I think got like, I mean, don't know, I'm super proud of the show. I think we've done, I'm, I think we've done some really cool work these two years, but like, we almost didn't even get to reach what I like was what we were getting at because of the pandemic. Cause like, yeah, I, I stand by our show when it was in person. I actually believe this was like 20% better because we were just like goofier in person and we were reading each other and like, like yes anding a little bit and like we would go off the rails in like a healthier way and it was just like you would just go on these insane ancient rome or whatever like medieval huh. rants and like i would just get super weird and we get like pop culture stuff and there was more of like a a free flow to things and i think that's when like first off i still think the show is great but that's when we were like at our best i think yeah and then we haven't been able to do that i mean shoot technically only like seven months of the whole show were that which is actually like kind of bums me out because like we didn't even really get to land what we were kind of building oh well, i mean look i think that's just and i i do this job a lot i think that's just uh yeah, just a little well i just i just think that's the truth the matter things stuff in person is just better um yeah. you can get better and better at do remotely and you can do really good things remotely but yeah it's like you said it's just having a live real-time feed it's you know it's a great into us whatever um which sucks because like I, I'm, I'm going to be doing a bunch of new podcasts on various different topics. And even then it's like, like, I don't even think we have that podcast studio room anymore. So I don't know. It may, it may all be this nowadays, but whatever that, that is what it is. Uh, I love the show. It's been a lot of fun. I, we, we can maybe circle back around say goodbyes. Um, at the end, let's get into some of the LSU news that we have missed in the interim. And then kind of obviously, uh, since this is the final hold that podcast podcast, we'll call our final shots for yeah. this upcoming football season. Uh, okay, so the biggest news, and maybe the only news we're talking about, in my opinion, Brody, unless I'm missing something, is the Dare Rosenthal news. Uh, LSU yeah. losing a starting left tackle. Um, when already my biggest concern uh, on this team was offensive line and offensive line depth, and now you lose arguably the most position, uh, important position on the line. You lose a guy that... I think uh, might be all SEC by the end of the year, or at least have the potential to make an all SEC team, maybe honorable mention, something like that. And you lose him pretty late in the process. So I, it's, it's, I, I don't think there's any way of spinning this as a positive or not that big of a deal. I do think, look, I, I understand that even last year he didn't play at times and he missed games yeah. and, 
And so I understand that it's not like you're going from someone who's just held on that position for like three years with nobody else cracking in and then he's gone. But it is just like, like we said after spring, right? I felt like you had what, seven and a half starting caliber guys or is six. That, of, yeah. Like it was like seven. Yeah. Well, I think with the emergence of Anthony Bradford, I think seven. because Cam wire put you to six, Bradford put you to seven. And then I gave Charles Turner half okay. uh, because I felt like he was at least like you, it wasn't going to be a disaster if he comes in at center. And now you're down to six and a half, right? And now you're down to these young guys that I don't think look particularly impressive in spring. Although Dellinger was almost a half as well, uh, yeah, they have to step there. up. So okay, so so Brady, what was your initial reaction to to Dare Rosenthal transferring? Well, I don't, I don't know if I disagree with you, but I I do kind of look at it slightly differently. I think because I mean I will not sit here and claim I think I do agree Dare Rosenthal is better than Campbell White, like he is. I'm not arguing that, but. I don't know if it's drastic to me, the difference. And like, like you said, Terry Rosenthal started five games and, and Cam Wire started six. Like, it's not like they're losing experience, really. It's not like they're losing. I mean, shoot. And first off, I want to preface this by saying, you know, I do not actually trust analytics with offensive line that much because it is the hardest one to judge in that yeah. way. But still, like, if you're looking, if you want to get into that, like quantifiably, it's not that different. You know, it's like, uh, I think the rush percentage is like Cam Wire's 0.9% worse, uh, but on run run block um, run blocking, he's actually 0.5 better. You know, like the mark, like the production's not that different. They've started a similar amount of games. Like my view on the literal starting five that LSU was going to put out there doesn't change that drastically. Maybe it went from like an 88 in my head to like an 85. I don't know. Hmm. I just made those numbers up. But like that's kind of yeah. the scale I'm working with here. And and I don't think it changes that drastically. But what the important thing for me is, and obviously it's the important part for you too, is just the idea of yeah. So you say you say you agree 7.5 going into the ending the spring. Now it's six and a half. And now you're really relying on a true freshman at tackle as your backup or you're really relying on Charles Turner to like rotate between two or three spots just really like it's just suddenly offensive line is the one position where it feels the most certain you're probably going to lose a few guys here yeah. and it's just a really tricky thing and then also it's i don't think it changes anything about 2022 but it just even more puts pressure on like you need to improve that if you want any chance that line being good in 2022 yeah and and you know i guess you're right. The biggest hit is to, like we said, the depth of the group. It was already a major concern, and so obviously this is bad. But I and, actually, yeah, I'm, I know as you're getting this. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts because you know why I play better. Well, how no, do you literally grade Rosenthal versus Wire? So that's what I was going to say. You're right. I don't know that last year functionally there was a terribly big difference. I do think though, there's always also. I had such low expectations from the first time I saw him that I was always kind of like, whoa, because <laughs> he like kept getting better, better. But when you looked at his trajectory, like I did think he was better than wire. I mean, I, th I think he's, yeah. he, he just was a bit more athletic. He's a bit more grounded kind of in his body type. It's, I, I think though, probably what I am guilty of is reading too much into the spring game. Uh, now Ooh. I heard he had a very good spring, but like dare really kicked ass in the spring game. I thought. Okay. And so I, I, I'm probably just giving him a bit too much credit uh, for that. And so you're right. Maybe so, so really less, it, it, Less of the impact is not losing your starting left tackle because Cam Wire's that as well. The the bigger impact is simply uh, now who's going to step up. So is does Anthony Bradford move from right guard to left tackle? That's something that Coach O mentioned. Uh, Garrett Dellinger seems to be the guy that they're consistently mentioning. Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea, to be honest. I've never heard it pronounced that way, so I just want to call you uh, on that. Dellinger. Well, the thing ah. is, but I know there's a Dellinger in my life that I've covered in sports and it's not Ross Dellinger. And that's the only other last name I know. Like, I feel like for some reason I have a memory of somebody telling me that it was uh Dellinger. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I don't think the coaches, I mean, I think it's been like 7% of the two years, of the show discussing name pronunciation. <laughs> so I wasn't going to let you off on the final one, no, but it's very like, think about it. Like dude. Cody Bellinger on the Dodgers, you know, like I feel like it's normally a hard G unless told otherwise. Uh well wouldn't Jer be a soft G? I mean I'm not the English major here. That uh, I don't know what the right term is. But I, I feel think, I, I feel like my gut tells me it's a it's a Jer on Garrett, not a Gur. Um okay I I I because I'm competitive and stupid I want to somehow figure out an answer to this. So we will do. Well, we could figure that out. I'm yes, sure I have a sister and brother's number from a story. Let's yeah. Okay perfect yes okay perfect text him right now. I text will. him right now so we can get an answer by show's end. 
But either way, Dellinger seems to be someone uh, that they are highlighting in terms of the person they think is probably best suited to to have to step up. I mean, Marcus Dumerville doesn't get mentioned himself, but he's in that group. I mean, I asked O after the Dare stuff, who's the backup left tackle or what happens there now? And he said, that, quite frankly, they don't know. And so that speaks to some of the issues that they have. Now, it is college football. And by college football's nature, it's kind of a weird game where a lot of times you, especially on the O-line, you don't know these players before they suddenly emerge out of nowhere. So perhaps uh, perhaps one of these guys takes a bigger step than we're giving him credit for. And if that is the case and you get a legitimate backup, well then, yeah, to your point, Brody, the Dare Rosenthal news actually becomes not that big a news. Yeah, and I, this is, again, this is like one of those not-something-I-believe theories, but just like a stream-of-consciousness, like I wonder theories. It's like... Is there anything to the idea that Dare Rosenthal was just always going to be such a influx guy? And like so much of what we fell in love with with Rosenthal point. was his potential, right? Yeah, it was always point. like this guy could be a first round tackle if he puts it all together and all of that. But like two years in a row, was a given he was going to miss a few games with suspensions. And like all these things were kind of baked. Well, didn't mean to do that, but baked in <laughs> to. I hate those jokes. I'm sorry. It wasn't intentional. Uh, it was baked into what. You know, the expectation was of him every year that, like, is there even anything to the idea that just, like, hey, Cam Wire doesn't have those problems that I know of. Like, hey, you know your starting left tackle is going to be there if he's healthy all year, and that 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 makes a difference. That's a good point. That's a good point. I guess, Again, I, I guess that I, falls in the not-I-believe-a category, but, like, I wonder. No, well, I, I think you tell yourself all of these things to make yourself feel better after this uh, happens, right? And you're like, well, yeah, yeah. well, look, now we're more settled there and this or that, so... I, I think they're telling that whether or not they I, I don't think they believe it down to their soul. Right. If you just look at how they were planning on playing wire, he, he was playing. He was basically just going to be that swing man for every single position. He may still. I mean, I, I will. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening uh, at left tackle. So let's talk about the other aspect of the dare situation, which is uh, the marijuana aspect. So. It's it's um it is not officially confirmed and look I have not talked to anybody with knowledge so I do feel a bit weird saying this publicly because no you can't I, yeah okay that's what, so I don't I, I don't know for sure but I mean it was it was yeah for I mean, weed, as right? a reporter when it's a guy why, leaves I'm not afraid to just kind of say like what really happened yes, same thing with Steve okay. Charles Michael Divinity it's like yeah they failed a lot of drug tests exactly and so um I think that I'm. Uh, Okay, so that's why he's gone. Does LSU need to change their rules and how they enforce marijuana usage, Brody? So I had a conversation with your old coach, Jordy, about this, and we're talking about how, like, I don't even personally think LSU's that mad that because Sadiq Charles tweeted, you know, basically calling out LSU for this policy and basically tweeted – if you're a well, yeah, so let me let me let me read uh, the yeah, Sadiq Charles tweet from Sadiq Charles. Since nobody want to say it, I will. If you smoke weed, do not go to LSU. It will be blown out of proportion and used against you compared to how a lot of other programs handle that. Yes. So for my uh, yeah, thank you. Like, I don't even think else used that Maddie tweeted that because Hell it no. isn't a secret. This is well known. And if like this is me just going spin zone, but like knowing LSU and knowing Scott Woodward, like to some extent, I think they're happy someone like him tweets this because it's like they want LSU's people making this policy to look bad because they yes. want to change it. Yeah. They don't like no one in LSU football is making this policy. And no one, I don't even think like Scott Woodward, I mean, no, he inherited this policy. This policy goes back to Tyron Matthew, as you know, but much better than I. And so many stars at LSU throughout the years and again we always preface these things with, well I mean I don't like I don't care if anyone smokes weed and I don't care what anyone's rules are to be clear I actually like, if someone says the rules are something I'm probably not going to do it but that's just me like I don't judge anyone but it's just the idea and the frustration for a lot of people is that LSU judges this harder than almost any of its competitors yeah. and that is again not saying I can literally prove to you but it's Pretty well, well, we'll just ask this question. Do you believe that players at LSU smoke significantly more marijuana than their peers at other schools? No, exactly. No, no. exactly. I mean, that, yeah. exactly. Right. So why is no one else kicking? There's off a reason starters? they're able to leave and they go to other schools. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Why did he follow and Kelvin play. Joseph to Kentucky? Where yes. He had no problems. And now he's in the NFL. 
It's exactly what Sadiq Charles says. They will make a bigger deal out of it than it really is. It's also a weird... I mean, Tyron Matthew was kicked off LSU as the best player in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it's, it's, it, it's wild. And look, so I can already hear the rules are rules, people. And you're not wrong. Yeah. But rules... Oh, but yeah. If you want to criticize Dare Rosenthal, you are also welcome to. Yeah. I respect that argument. Sorry, continue. Well, yeah, no, and, and and so I understand that, but rules are not inherently right or wrong either. A lot of times rules are fo- supposed to reflect kind of our moral and ethical beliefs at the time, and right now there's just no, I mean, I don't even have to work very hard to make the argument that LSU's rules are completely out of step with the nation's general uh, views on marijuana. And, and yeah. I mean, the continued legalization, I mean, and, and again, the point that everybody always brings up, right? Right now you, in Louisiana, you have a 10 minute conference with the doctor on online through a portal. You can get a card and then you can go buy yourself LSU branded marijuana uh, starting soon. <laughs> and that, and that. that's it. Yeah. You, yeah. It's got the LSU ag symbol on it and it's really good. It's really good. Uh, and you can buy edibles. You can buy pens. Soon you'll be able to buy flour as well. So it's a weird, weird disconnect. And so, yes, rules are rules. But like Dare and these other kids are never in these decision points, in my opinion, if they aren't having to deal with some very out of touch rules that aren't actually accomplishing anything. And then the other weird part, these are not performance answers or anything like that. The other part to me, too, is what an odd look for compliance. And this is why when all the harassment stuff went down, that I it was it was so weird for me because like in my experience as a player, our compliance department is like hyper strict, right? And hyper aggressive. And so it's so funny that now the national perspective of an LSU is that they're an absolute joke. Compliance department's an absolute joke. They allow all this horrible culture to exist, but like the only place they draw the line is weed. It's just it's just a terrible look all no, around. It's a fantastic point. And and I want to get back to like the thing I was saying earlier about like I don't think LSU minds this getting bad attention is because they are fighting it in the trenches already every day, not just in terms of like can dare play. The biggest fight they have with it, and I've had multiple sources tell me this, is recruiting because this is why I don't think it's like they're like, oh, no, people are tweeting about this because every opposing school is, I can promise you, has for years been recruiting against LSU saying like, yeah. oh, do you see what happened to Sadiq Charles? Now you're going to say you see what happened to Dea Rosenthal. You don't want to go there. They're not going to even let you play and all these things. That has been like LSU has already openly telling people this is a problem for years. And it's hurt them with offensive tackle recruiting specifically, actually, to the point that like, people are like, hey, James, I've had, I'm not saying I believe this or what? don't. The big boys saying, smoke, like, dude. Yeah, but people like bring up like, hey, James Craig isn't the bad recruiter some say is. He just had to deal with a lot of unfair stuff, and that's this is what they're referring to. I'm not saying I agree or don't with that. But, yeah, this is well-known and well-documented. It's LSU a real is thing, different too. from everywhere else. When I was in high school, I mean, I remember asking that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, how often you can smoke weed, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it seems like back in the day, maybe it was – a little more or whatever. It didn't matter. I was always going to go to LSU. Right. But like, I, I, I do remember even then them being like, well, you can't really, I mean, there's maybe like a small window here and a small window here. It's just, and, and that was when I was in high school when maybe there even was a bit more taboo around marijuana. Now there's none and we understand it better. Right. In the same way that, you know, you got your 16 and 17 year olds having beers. Now they're smoking weed. And look, I have no moral or ethical issue with somebody responsibly drinking beers at 18 years old and i have no ethical or moral issue with them smoking weed either so it does matter people do ask and it does affect recruiting which i you gotta love like because at at the end of the day that's what everything boils back to it's why lsu is hiring out a a Times square campaign for nil trying to show you look you come here you're going to maximize your brand maximize the money that you can make it all goes back to recruiting which is why I, I, I do think the tide is about to turn here. I could yeah. be wrong, um, but there is. Okay, so I don't Because it got this. a lot of attention when Oklahoma had two of their best defensive players miss the Peach Bowl against LSU for this problem. And like it gained a lot of attention then. They're like, this is silly, and I really think it's changing. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, so I think, but okay, but I think there may actually even be a more direct line of change here so and i am let's just go this is like all like rumor mill type stuff 
you know, your your hardcore message board people and 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 fans like kind of talking to each other and people talking to each other. The name that I have always heard that is the guy that is kind of the push behind all this hyper strict compliance is Bo Bonson. Okay. That's what I've always heard. Like the legend name. The legend goes that when Nick Saban showed up here, he moved Bo Bonson to the ticket office for this very reason. And then Bo Bonson came back and the Miles Air back to compliance. Um, I don't know how any true any of this is. It is funny though. Bo Bonson is actually officially retiring this weekend. And look, it's sad because this is kind of crap we're talking about. The guy worked for LSU Athletics for 39 years at every single level. So shout out to him, dude. That's decades and decades of his of 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 you know committing his life to a place. And it's weird that this is kind of gonna be the public legacy that he deals with, but it will be interesting to see. If post Bonson does do some of these policies start to change a little bit, and what's it take to change the policy? Because that's, that's, the that's, question. Yeah, that's, that's that, like I should probably do some reporting on. Like, 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 <laughs> like, what's like, what's the deal there, and and why is it like the only reason why I could think that they test you so strictly right now? And look, they are strict. They're surprise tests when you're coming off the field. You cannot leave the building until you have gone. It's like it's you know it's it's legitimate. Um, I, the only thing I can guess is that the NCAA, if you, they, they will test you once a year during bowl season. And if you fail that test, now it's got a higher threshold for marijuana, but if you fail that test, then you can be, you will be ineligible for an entire calendar year. Uh, and so like, maybe they're trying to prevent against that. I would say do it kind of like the NFL does go the education route and just be like, Hey, you need to be clean at this time. And if you do that, you're fine. But we'll see. I'm just I'm trying to figure out why they've continued to stand by this rule and, and and just test so strictly when so many other people have looked the other direction. Like I I had a buddy who played for Arkansas that said they would straight up tell them when they had drug tests. Yeah, it's so they could common. go get clean clean pee and then okay, you're good to go. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty common across the country. So it's it's just it's it's all kind of arbitrary. And and no, I think there's something to that that like I do and you are actually inspiring me to get off my ass and actually do a story on how this all happened and what it, how it can be changed. But yeah, I wonder if there is a bit of like we do it so we won't get in actual trouble for it. Yeah, like I think there's a little bit of that, but still I, I don't know. And like I, I always think some of these things come down to pride and like this is one person's job and this is now their identity and now they take too much. Like I think that yeah. answers so many things that go on in the world. But anyway, that's me just and, and and I would also say this, I get it. It is weird to criticize someone for being too good at their job. I talked to yeah, that's, this yeah, that's on air the other day. Like I'm very much at war with myself over this issue a lot of times because what am I yelling at them for? For not cheating? For not, like, doing technically what their job entails? And so, like, I I, I, I guess I just understand that I'm an asshole in all of well, this. Well, God damn that, it, yeah. I want to win football games! And, I, and, and, and if I want to, like, couch it in something more noble, I don't want these kids overly punished and having their lives derailed for something that is relatively harmless that everybody else is doing around the country. And, and the counter to this, just so we, you and I can play devil's advocate, is like LSU players. Though the only thing I'll say is like these guys aren't actually these. No, no one's getting suspended after one failed test. No, they're getting. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're getting suspended after multiple. So, multiple. so I think the rope probably goes, you know, longer. Like divinity was like five or six longer than it did in my day, and even then, it is one of those things where individual look it's a superstar thing right the better you are the the more rope you're going to have technically the policy was one strike uh the first strike was they like contact your parents i don't think it's any suspensions or anything like that the second strike was some sort of suspension and rehab or something like that and uh kind of same thing they got to contact your parents in the third strike you were supposed to be out I think, I think I think I ended up and with, I believe it's changed a little last few years, but it's still in that realm. It's like after three, you miss one game after four. It's like three games or I, and you I, know what's I, really, I have this document somewhere. But and, 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 and what's really dumb is like, I'll never forget just being like, this is all so stupid. Um, so I actually never failed for weed in college. They did test me during exam week and I failed for freaking Vivance. But then so that's a that's, full strike. It's amazing that that's what brought you down. So that's yeah. a full strike. But then I got a DWI and I got half a strike. I'm like, what? What is what? What is? I mean, I'm glad. Don't get me wrong, but what does this mean? I mean, I just thought it was like a massive, massive disconnect 
and kind of showed that, like, what are we doing here? Is this really like, who is this protecting? What are the morals and ethics of all of this when a Vivans carried a technically larger penalty than uh, something that literally endangered my life, endangered others' life, like something just really stupid? Uh, it's, it's, yeah. Wild stuff. You've never told me. And that's actually that is wild. I didn't know that, but uh, yeah, I, think, I don't think I've ever actually told that publicly. Like, I've never told that publicly. So just saving well, the bangers I, here for uh for for the final episode of HTPP. Like, there's going to be a bunch of publicity on this episode, and we're never going to capitalize on it. <laughs> but um, but no, I I think there's a theme here. It's just like, what are we doing here? I think that's the theme with so much of what we talk about in college sports in general, for being honest, like so much of like the NCAA and just like that entire concept, so much of the fight against NIL. It's a good like, point. Just like, hey, guys, like what like it's going to be like a week or two of crazy coverage of deals. And it's just going to be something that happens in the background. And we're very rarely going to talk about it after that. Like, this is just like some of the stuff. It's just like, what are we doing here? And I think that's kind of what I come back to on this. So it's one of those things that I always have a hard time. Like, I know there are some reporters out there that like, when these things happen, they like really come out reporting, like this guy failed a drug test. And I'm just like, I don't ethically care. Yeah. So I kind of just play the, the generic lines they give out because it's just like it is not like I am not clutching my pearls because a kid failed the drug test, uh, a mar- uh, to be clear, a marijuana test. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. just not. So it's just like I'm going to report that he's out and I'm going to kind of let it be most of the time unless it reaches a divinity situation or a Dare Rosenthal situation. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of us still smoke weed. So it's, uh, it's, it's, but as you said, it, it's a great point. It, 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 it is reflective. It is, uh, it is reflective of, yeah, exactly. It's a misdemeanor now. Uh, it is, it is reflective of that. You're absolutely right. The entire NCAA disconnect as a whole right now, which I, I mean, do you want to get rules. in, do you want to get into NIL stuff today? I really don't. I would like to ask you this though. Because yeah. I'm of two minds. What do you think the NCAA's strategy or end game is just completely staying out of all of this? Like it offering is, like like offering no federal guidelines, you know, knowing this has been coming for years and like seemingly like being caught flat footed. Now I know they weren't, it's by design, but what why? Why is their strategy? I think that, I mean, if, and there are people who have reported this so much better than me from like Ross Dellinger, Nicole Auerbach, Bruce Feldman, Andy Staples. But like, I mean, honestly, I, the, the just thing I've taken away from this past year and two years and now looking back forever is that like they are just trying to kick the can and not take responsibility for things and not be the bad guy in things. So they're just like, oh, like put it away, put it away. And in turn, that's led to right now what we're ha- seeing happening, which is that the NCAA is just losing all the power we thought it had. And now it's like, we saw it with COVID scheduling and everybody going to conference only and nobody making strong, like NCAA never made a strict rule. So it was just like a wild West. We're seeing it now with NIL. We're seeing it with so much, right? I think NCAA has just been like so hesitant to ever just be the one making the decision and like putting responsibility on someone else that I think we're just going to see the slow, just dissolution of the, of the NCAA is like the governing body. I mean, that's what it feels like, right? But Mark Emmert's still being applauded and getting raises and stuff. And yet it feels like in a time like crisis exposes leadership and it feels like he has been found completely wanting. Like his idea of leadership has literally been to do nothing. It's the old forgetting Sarah Marshall scene. Like do less. Do less, and there's Mark. No, can't do more than that. Like yeah. more, Mark Gibber's just laying on the board. He's chill. He's like, all right, well, okay, dude. This is how you surf. You want me to do less? I'm gonna lay here. It's it's wild to me, man. And I agree with you. So I heard the idea that maybe like they've been trying to get a federal law passed yes, for about eighteen that's what months. They, they were pushing on basically Congress and whatnot to take do it for them. That's so what I, they were. Hoping. So so I heard the idea. Okay, so maybe they're you know they want the chaos to incentivize Congress to go ahead and get it passed, but. Ooh. The problem there is, I, I think it's like you, Brody, that, that's such a high risk. And I think the bigger takeaway is actually ended up being like, well, what do you actually do? Like, why are you here? You own March Madness. You don't own the college football playoff. And let's be clear, they do a lot for all these smaller schools, but these big schools, that's what they're going to start to think, right? Why are we giving you a cut? Why are we doing this or that? Can we form our own thing and then be free? So it's, and maybe that would just be like a power five football thing, but I do think it's kind of exposing and causing a lot of people to question like what is the value of the NCAA as it pertains to power five football and all the money therein. 
yeah, no, I think that is what is happening here. I think it's not. Yeah, I don't think it's like I don't think anyone in the world is sitting here saying we shouldn't have a governing body. It's the idea that like what is exactly I think you put it better than I can. But what is your value as the governing body? Like, should there be something else? And yeah, like you said, whether that be a power five or something else. And I don't know all the answers, but I think you're right. I think it's just like, why are you the governing body? Because I don't think you do anything at this point and you don't really provide much. You don't give guidance. You just put it on us anyway. So I I do think that's where we're headed in some way. I don't know if it's going to be like ASAP or anything, but just feels like we're getting there. And then with the playoff expansion, it's like, oh, are we getting away from the bowl? format too and like and finally cutting some of those business ties that i think are just like contrived at this point just like all that i feel like we're just slowly and surely like removing ourselves from this like legacy style of college football yeah and and, and then that's the last thing that's in nil is that we are talking about a a fundamental shift at least i believe it will but you never know how things play out but this is such a fundamental shift also that how it does play out and the ripple effects therein i can't pretend to know what that's going to be or look like i do know this it's still going to be badass football in front of a hundred thousand people exactly. with bands and everything else. And that's just tight, man. And that's what awesome. I like. Yeah. So with that in mind, that's coming up, Brody, full stadiums, LSU, UCLA, football's back, the pageantry, everything that separates college football. It's our final chance to get to talk about this season. What do you think? <laughs> What do I what a, think? What an open-ended question, right? You're really good at this, man. Um, okay, I want to. I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. It's a relevant thing. It's like I think the biggest lesson I learned looking back on the 20. And I should also caveat this, but I, th- I actually think positively of this team. I really do. But I think my biggest takeaway from 2020 and like the failures that happened there is that sometimes me, one of my flaws as somebody who projects sports and all these things, is that like. I tend to yada yada the question sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, but it's LSU and they're four deep and they're talented. Like that thing will get figured out. And I, yeah. I have a real tendency to do that when sometimes it's like, Hey, yeah, but if there's four question marks, one or two probably won't work out. Right. You know, and I think, and I don't even, I, I just think I'm trying to be more careful this time with that of like, hey, I feel really good about the talent level of LSU in 2021. I think they're very deep. I think they're very experienced. I think there's a lot of pretty confident things to be excited about. I really think the defense is a chance to be great, for example. So like all off season, I've been like, I really think 10 and two, like that is deep down what I think. And by the way, I still might land on that, but I'm just like setting this as a conversation starter of like, yeah, but still genuinely don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. And as much as I think both are good, that is still a thing. Running back still have a lot of questions there. Love the first receiver and Keishon Booty, and I love the depth, but like don't know who two and three are. Don't know who the tight end is. Offensive line has depth questions. And just generally, no, I don't know. So it's like, oh, I, I think LSU's loaded in terms of talent, but there's still so much I don't know the answer to yet. Is it like smart of me to be like, oh, of course they're going 10 and 2. I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I I, I feel you because we did kind of hand wave away so much stuff last we are, year. You and I are probably the most guilty people. And it gets and and it burned me so hard. And so like I kind of get it, man. If nobody wants to listen to my uh if nobody wants to listen to my opinion or like give it give it credence, like I, I completely get that. that. That's that's fine at this point. Now I will say this though I'm 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 with you that look I've been consistent I feel like so I'm trying to account for my natural bullishness bias and optimism because when I look at the schedule I do think ten and two and I really like the hires too. right I really like the hires and everything that I applauded last year as well so again I'm constantly at war with myself about if my what does my opinion mean anymore but. Like, I love the return on Pete's and Jones and everything you've been hearing thus far. I like Coach O's ability to bounce back from really bad situations. That's how he's made his career. Uh, I just like the overall talent on the team. I mean, this is a team that was even a neutered version of what you will see this fall that beat Florida in Florida last year. Did they have a lot of lucky breaks? Absolutely. It's an insane odds game that they get that win. But, like, given the context of last year, maybe they shouldn't even been in that game. Uh, and, and, and so I just, I, I think there's, I, I think that's what it keeps coming back to is the raw talent. These are consistent top five recruiting classes that have been put together. We saw what the wrong coaching hire can do. We've also seen what the right coaching hire can do. 
I, I Pete's and Jones may not be Joe Brady, but I think they are going to be infinitely better than Bo Pelini, which is not infinitely, but you get what I'm saying, which is maybe not that hard to do either, just to be any measure better than Bo Pelini was. I mean, I was thinking about that again today. He took a defense with Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks and made them the worst pass defense in the country. How is that possible? Here's the most impressive part of that to me. And it's not that those two got worse under them. Those two, if you look at the end of their coverage stats on the outside were still great, which means that the fact you were able to give up all the things you do is impressive. It's like (laughs) the amount of just like incompetence in terms of the scheme and stuff like that when your outside is still covered well is mind boggling. It's I mean, it's I I think it's actually Ram said this this morning, but it's the anchorman thing. With Baxter eating the wheel of cheese. Like, I'm not even exactly. at a certain point, the absurdity of this, I'm not even angry. Like, you you had to actively work to make this happen. Like, you almost had to work to be this bad. So, whatever. I think the hires are better. I think the talent remains elite. I do think that they have recaptured the locker room a bit, at least in some regards. I think they love the new the new coaches. And concur. like you said, I think it all comes down to quarterback and Whichever one wins the job, I will have confidence in because I actually they both are quite good. Uh, Brandon last year, I did a little dive because they had him like number 10 on an SEC quarterback list entering this year, a, a list where Connor Bazelak was four, which was interesting. Oh, he was uh, fantastic. I love Bazelak. Yeah. But, but, but he wasn't, though. He was against LSU. But I looked him up on the season after this. He threw seven touchdowns to eight picks. Four of those touchdowns came against LSU. Again, the Bo Pelini effect. It's unbelievable. So this well, I mean, come on. Like you're talking about okay, they were number 34 nationally with an all SEC schedule and passing success rate. Uh they were number 11. Like I I think they were a good he especially for how young he is was clearly a good pretty promising look true freshman promising moments you're you that I, I will say those advanced analytics are doing a lot of heavy lifting in <laughs> in, in 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 this breakdown if you're going to sell me uh, that seven touchdowns that, to eight that picks. Number, you told me that good season. So I do want to say, like, that was shocking. To Look, me, I said the same thing. I was on the base like bandwagon until somebody called me out for it. And I looked up his stats. I was like, what the fuck, dude? It looks like they were pretty bad in the red zone. Things like that, or like whatever. Maybe base like gets better. That's not the point. All, all I was gonna say is, I just it led me down a statistical wormhole where I just averaged Miles averaged three hundred seventy five yards per game, three point six touchdowns. Both those would have been actually first in the SEC extrapolate over season. Now, he went against terrible defenses, so let's be clear about that. All this is just to say, Miles or Max, I feel confident whoever wins the job. So, my brain, naturally, is it 10-2? and So, since we've been predicting for months now, I'm automatically dinging myself a game. That they will lose to someone that they shouldn't. Or someone that I think they're better to. So, 9-3 and is is the prediction and the floor that I arrive at. Yeah, and I think that's that's fair. And, and you know, the other part that'll just add to everything you say that is why I am overall bullish. It's like you, it's not just the talent; it's all, it's the idea that so much of what I look at twenty twenty, if even aside from the Pelini stuff and the pandemic stuff and all that, is just that idea that it's not just they lost like nineteen starters or twenty starters; it's you lose twenty starters. And you lost and you're coming off a national title. So it's like you lost these starters at the exact worst time. So you have no infrastructure and you have no real leadership in the Patrick Queens and the guys who would like watch film extensively and teach the young guys how to do it. So it's like and they so they kind of this terrible combination of like the ego of just winning a championship without the infrastructure to yeah, back it up. That's a good point. And it's just like, so it just led to a, and Zach von Rosenberg had that perfect in a press conference interview where he explained this, I think, really intelligently. But yeah, it's just like, it's not just that they're like younger or something. It's that they had like the ego mixed without the guys putting in the work and all that. And I think what's promising for them this year, if they handle it right, and so far everything I've heard and you've heard is this is, they got that chip on their shoulder, is the idea that it's not just their 33 starters or whatever that number is that are back this year. It's like they're back with a chip on their shoulder. They're back with like, I have a lot to prove after everything just went wrong. So it is more like the 2018 and 2019 LSU teams, just in terms of mental makeup than than 2020. You know, and that's, I think, the only reason I give them like, a oh, I think they're going to step forward because raw talent, they are a top 10 team mixed with a chip on their shoulder, mixed with some really exciting pieces. Like, I think this team should be good. So, yeah, it's like you go down the schedule and it's always – I mean, I stand by LSU's really – I mean, UCLA's really tricky, but 
in a vacuum, they should win that game. Again, and we've said this on the show before, if they don't beat UCLA, then everything, then every, yeah, then everything that I believe is while they go 10 and 2 is not true. And all of a sudden, then like 8 and 4, uh, you know, eight, eight and four is on the table, seven and five. Like that, that, you got you got some bigger problems if you can't. And that, beat UCLA. You put it perfectly because it's like that's the thing. It's like you almost have to have these projections in good faith that they're probably going to have the baseline things figured out. And if they do, yeah, I think UCLA they start four and zero oh, because I think they beat Mississippi State. They Auburn's just not Auburn this year, and they're at LSU, yeah. so I think five and zero. Oh. Kentucky on the road is if anything, if we're picking like the oh what might trip you up game, I think it's oh I think Kentucky's it, yeah, it but still one. the LSU is better. Six and zero is possible, and again we always go back to if if you're a seventy five percent chance to win every game, that doesn't mean you're winning every game. It means there's still a chance shit goes wrong. Exactly. You still could lose, but still I think you should be six and zero. Florida toss up, of course, but. Florida should take a step back and it's in Tiger Stadium. It's just that it's not even just the idea that I think like LSU is amazing. It's the idea that all the 50 50 situations go in LSU's favor. And I know we've talked about the show before, so this isn't me saying anything new, but it's just like it's not that I think LSU is amazingly better. It's like Auburn and Florida are taking a step back and they're home. Okay, that helps. So seven and oh is possible. Mississippi on the road. Hell, I might even chalk that up as the loss. Like, I actually think it's totally possible okay. they might be seven and zero and then go seven and two. Okay, let's take a sojourn in Ole Miss then, real quick, because let's do it. Uh, I've seen that. I, I, I think the West probably finishes Alabama, A and M, LSU. Um, I don't seen, trust Ole Miss. I think they're scary. I've seen a lot of Alabama, A and M, Ole Miss, LSU. Here's my only question: like ten and two record predictions for Ole Miss stuff, like. How were we this confident giving Ole Miss this much credit? When- I don't think we should be confident in picking them for a whole season. I think they're a team that should be respected as like they can flat out beat Alabama and they can also lose to Missouri. Uh, I okay. I, I would. I, I think I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that in terms of being a puncher, like somebody that could catch you for a knockout. But I do not trust them on a week to week basis. Yeah, some of the levels of consistency. Now they have a pretty nice schedule. A and M has the nicest schedule, but like some of the levels of nice. belief in Ole Miss, I'm like, dude, the the uh, the 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 defense. Like, I mean, like, what are we talking about? Like, how much credit are we giving them just for putting up a lot of points against Alabama? Yeah, because it feels like that's what this all like traces back to. So, I uh, yeah, anyway. I think it's tough. Is like Matt Corral when he's on, or is like can be as scary as any quarterback in the country when he's on, and when he's bad, he throws four picks against LSU. You know, so it's just yeah. which one you getting? Lane Kiffin can scheme as good as anybody so it's just like yeah i think it's like i'm picking that not because i literally think mississippi's better it's like if i gave them the benefit out in the first seven yes i think just like if i'm picking it i should say they lose that one that's how i that's how i feel like it should go i get that all of a sudden then they're seven and two and that feels more accurate to what an lsu season should be right it's like all right it's probably seven and two you beat arkansas you beat ul monroe and then it's just a perfect chef's it, kiss dude. nine and two home against a&m and that is like the perfect ending to the season because you really figure what this team is it's literally what they had in the seven overtime game a couple of years ago nine and two ding ding, ding. trying to get to ten and two had it somehow didn't have it then uh because just the insane nature of how that game played out and and it's an interesting dick measuring contest for these two SEC West teams, they kind of feel like they're next in line, right? And I know that yep. LSU, you should say, well, they're way ahead. They just want to add in all these things. Well, the five and five season combined with the nine and one season or 10 and one, whatever it ended up being for AM, that kind of puts you back on equal footing. So that is the yeah. big separation game. Who is next after Alabama? And I can't wait. Already this AM series they manufactured in a lot of ways this Thanksgiving game. <laughs> Uh, already got a lot of juice to it, dude. Very it does. Smart I feel business. Like actually like a really good recruiting rival in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. There's always going to be the Jimbo and Ed stuff. Like, I think it's actually my favorite of all the is well. I, there's, I, I think it might be like my favorite in the four years I've covered LSU. My favorite of the LSU rivalry dynamics because it feels like, and you put it well, it feels like two teams jockeying for a similar spot in the world, and they're like the most likely to get it, and that's kind of cool to me. Yeah, I think um, I think my personal favorite is still just Florida. Fucking hate Florida. Yeah, I was gonna. That's what I was gonna way. say. I was like, well, it's probably Florida, but in still, the best way. And it's and it's like the East versus West thing, which is always nice with Florida as well. It's uh, the pettiness, man. That's yeah. all it is. You know it. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Well, 
Brody, unfortunately, uh, I feel like Peter Jackson on the final shot of Lord of the Rings production where it said that he made Elijah Wood do this scene about 10 or 15 extra times after it already got it because he didn't want it to end. But uh, I think this is where we have to yell cut. This yeah, is, I'm kind of uh, sad that I talked this whole episode about football like nothing was changing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, is, I know. This is it. I um, can I give you some news? Yeah. It's Gurr. Uh, <laughs> you freaking win! What Burr, a way! What a way to walk off into the sunset! So it's Dellinger. See, I told you somebody somewhere along the line. I heard Dellinger. Somebody told me Dellinger, and it stuck with me because the only two last names I know are Ross and him. With that really that, upsets that me. Um, but what was? I just want to just like oh end God, on a win though. What was the it. word that you argued me like back in the early months, like of the show? Wow. So strongly, what it meant. Wow! If you're gonna you go wrong. for this win, you should probably remember the word because I have no idea. It doesn't help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to do with like political or something like that. Like, like, it was like a word in that realm. It's, and, it's the deepest cut for those OG. Hold that podcast. Back when we had like 250 listens. Yeah, maybe. like somebody will. Somebody will know about it. Uh and by the way, can I end on this though? Yeah, like, yeah. Because I know you're going to keep, you're going to have, a, a, I'm sure, a very successful podcast. Like, just for our listeners, especially if you made it this far, like, I'm still figuring out if we're going to keep anything going. Like, and and I, I say that to say, like, well, let's be, let me be clear about something. Let me jump in real quick. So, it, so this is the athletics RSS feed, like, like the yes. athletic LSU's RSS feed. So, yeah, so that I, I did mean to make that point earlier to where this RSS feed, well, Brody could tell you right now whether or not it'll die, but. He, the, the athletic and Brody will have it. Yes. And and I'm saying like this to say, I'm open to feedback. You guys all follow me on Twitter. You can email me at B Miller, like at the athletic.com. Like I'm open. Like, do you guys want me <laughs> to like, are, are you guys still interested in me keeping a show going and figuring something out or a different co-host or guests or stuff like that? Like I want to hear feedback because I would love to keep doing it, but I love doing it with T-Bob and that's just a fact. I love doing it with T-Bob and that's, it was like a different kind of person I think it to talk to on a day-to-day basis. And that's why I loved it, but I'm incredibly open to doing it. So I just want to hear what you guys think. Uh, so let Brody know at Brody a Miller on Twitter. I'm at T Bob 53. Um, yeah, you can listen to my radio show or whatever. Oh, Hey, buy a bear specialty <laughs> meats. There you go. Right. Oh, we got to end on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, buy your a bear specialty meats, uh, which is where we had the original meeting when I, I originally pitched that, Brody yeah. to, uh, do the show. So a couple of years sad, man, but, um, you're an absolute pleasure. Like I said, and everybody at the, at the athletic, John Hayes, Michael Zimmerman, everybody over there. Uh, it's just awesome. Absolute pleasure. So, uh, I know whatever y'all do with this RSS feed will kick ass. I would say you should keep doing it or you should keep doing something. That's me. Uh, because I think you do have so many, so much solid perspective on this LSU team, but, um, I guess we'll see where this thing ends up going. Absolutely. All right. That's it final hold that podcast podcast again we love you all thank you for listening thank you for supporting and shout out to everybody help make the show happen and well we'll see you when we see you